Tappers, what's up? It is the Wednesday edition of the Daily Tap. Hope you're all doing well halfway through the week. For me, I am on my last day of work. Uh, So that is good. That is pointing ourselves in the right direction. Awesome show today. A little different. We're going to do Building Murph's Draft Manifesto. That's not different. It's the last one. We're going to start with secondary. We know it's a big topic. We know a lot of people have thoughts, feelings about the secondary. We're going to get into that. Then I will talk about Corbin Burns being an absolute animal yet again. And do you have to... How many times do you have to see Corbin Burns in person this year? Because I feel like we're kind of hitting that Giannis level with him. We'll get into it. We'll, We'll expound on it a little bit later. And then lastly, how do you watch sports as... Or how do you be a sports fan on vacation? So we'll talk about all that, share some stories, have some fun enjoy ourselves but let's start with the draft manifesto talking secondary here is nolan murphy and i it's the end of the road we're done building murph's manifesto now the manifesto has been built we are here we will now wait for the eventual uh murph's big board on draft day um we're talking secondary it's our last one if you couldn't tell probably have you on tabbing the keg too to to chop it up. Just to promote this, you know, do the car yeah. wash. Oh, yeah, for sure. You got to have the car wash. But, yeah, Noel Murphy here. Talking secondary. Talking corners, safeties. We've talked a lot about position of need in some of these podcasts. I think this is the position of need. I don't I don't think there is one that is more of a need for the Green Bay Packers to improve their secondary. They did bring back Kevin King, but a lot of people, the haters and the losers, of which there are many, didn't really read the fine print, which is a problem in our society in a lot of ways. And Kevin King can basically be caught before the year starts. Exactly. It is, it's like a veteran minimum contract. Yeah. It was the only offer Kevin King had out there. So please go cry on someone else's shoulder. I don't have time for this. <laughs> Kevin King at least knows our system. And, you know, maybe he can get his drug test done at the same place still. I, I, I don't care. So, <laughs> Well, yeah, that, that's definitely true. But, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk corners. We'll talk safeties. Kind of bounce all over, guys. People like, um, and the corner position I feel like has kind of gained some steam um, in the last few weeks. I feel like there's a lot of hype around with some really good pro days from a guy that is number one on my list is J.C. Horn, and I love J.C. Horn. I think J.C. Horn has a little bit of quib to leave to him, where it, a keeb, a queeb. Sorry, yeah, sorry, queeb to leave. Sorry, a keeb, a keeb, a keeb, a to leave. A queeb. I I can't do it. I that's. That's Wisconsin there for you. Mitch Pratt, again, the angry fist is out for Mitch Pratt. Add my bad pronunciation, but that was a comp given to him. That gives me life. If he's not afraid to go one-on-one, he's, he's kind of a shit star. Like, I always like those guys. And and he, his dad was an electric player. I think it would be an awesome addition. Joe Horn. Joe Horn, for those yes. That don't know. yes. Um, him and Jair would be incredible together. So, for those that are wondering, like, how we're going to go about this position. So the thought is the Packers will draft someone bigger to replace Kevin King. Maybe not right away, but at some point because they're not going to draft someone the same size as Jair and be undersized, which I would agree. You know, if you have two undersized corners, it does cause some limitations. Now Jair is a stud, but he's more of like a playmaker. He needs to operate more in the slot long term and make plays and things like that. I mean, he was a beast, I felt like, at the second half of the year last year, off the edge as a blitzer. Yeah. So, Jace Horn, I mean, that would be a dream, Chuck. I just don't see him being there, do you? No, I don't think so. I think it's that it's the it's the Eric Berry memorial for me. 
It's like, who would you move up for into the, the top 20? Yeah, probably, probably Horn. I would. I think it would, it's, it's that much of a need that go, out, go on and get it and make your defense that much better. Because yeah. they were a couple Kevin King fuck-ups away from a Super Bowl appearance. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and Mike Patton, I put him and Kevin King there together. Yeah. Um, Patrick Sertan, to go along the NFL bloodline. I yeah. know Patrick Sertan, 6'2". I mean, this guy's mocked every time to the Cowboys. I feel like Jerry Jones already has bought his parents a house <laughs> you know, out in the Frisco area. He would be amazing. Played in the SEC. Uh, Alabama corners have been pretty decent as yeah, of late. So. As of late, yeah, they yeah. turned a corner. It used to be like you didn't draft Alabama like secondary. When we drafted Ha Clinton Dix, that was a big thing where people were like, "We're you don't take Alabama secondary." That kind of t- tide has turned. Travion Dix or Diggs has been very good for uh, the Cowboys last year, and part of that. And so, if you draft Sertain, I would think Sertain's not available. What do you think of Caleb Fairley? Do you think he's going to be available? And do, do the back issues scare you? So I had Kale uh, Farley, Farley on me my list early on in this process. I have since taken him off because I don't think he's going to be available. He opted out, which is interesting, but he's had a good pro day, yeah. um, it seems like. And a lot of people like his versatility. Virginia Tech's always been a factor oh, for yeah. defensive backs. 100%. Um, you know, going back to D'Angelo Hall. I've, I like him a lot. I just don't think he's going to be there You know, as we get to the later part of the first round if we end up selecting where we pick. So let's talk about Greg Newsom the second. Not related to Craig Newsom. Which, which, which took is us a so while. weird. Stats so and weird. info had to dig yeah, into that one. Yeah, so weird that he's not related. But he's a Northwestern guy. We know the Mark Murphy, the pipeline, the, the Mark Murphy Memorial draft pick. This actually would be a good pick for Northwestern. Extremely athletic. Can play with anyone. But did he do too much in pro day to be the, to be there at the end of the first round? I mean, this is a stock position because yeah. if you're saying he did too much of pro day, does that mean Aaron Robinson and Tyson Campbell uh, go after him? I, I mean, don't know. Maybe. There's going to be someone available. Yes, at thirty, probably for the Packers to pick, most likely because there's just there are guys who are all there. And you're right, this is a loaded position. And I don't know. I just think he did really well. He has some really good tape out there. He handled his own against top receivers. Now, you do worry, is the Big Ten's not really a receiver factory, right? Bateman, I know, who we both really like. Um, but there aren't there aren't a ton of Big Ten receivers that are just going off draft boards. Is there any guys that are mocked in the first or second round? Because this is such a big topic. I look at this as a 1999 draft where it's after Randy Moss tears up the division. And we have to pick defensive back secondary in round one, two, and three with uh, Antoine Edwards, Fred Vincent, and Mike McKenzie. I think it's Fred that Vince. big of a Shout need. out to Fred Vincent. Yeah. What a pull. I think it's that big. And we ended up trading Antoine Edwards for Ramon Green, so it did really work out. Mike McKenzie was the third guy drafted in that draft. I think it's that big of a need because I think we actually need two corners. Okay. I don't want to go in with Chando Sullivan yeah. or Kyra Holdman or Kevin King. Well, what about... Ju- and I think this draft is stacked. Yeah, and what about Javon Holland from Oregon, who is a slot guy, met with Goody. Goody was at his pro day. He plays the slot. He opted out in 2020, so maybe there's a buy-low opportunity there. He'd be an immediate replacement for Chando. Yeah, he'd be awesome. Tyson Campbell's a guy that played with Patrick Sertan Jr. in high school, so there's going to be potentially two guys that played with each other in high school in the first round. Think about That's Do wild. you think anyone threw against them? No, no. Um, so he went to Georgia. I mean, there's. I, I'll be upset if we walk away from round one or two without a defensive back, personally. Greg Newsom would be fine. I like Kelvin Joseph a lot from Kentucky. 
He is, you know, ran a four four seven. Um, played well in the SEC. He's a good cover guy. He's someone I think we could pick in round two if we don't get the guy we want in round one. Do you think Eric Stokes was a workout warrior, or do you think he actually has potential? Eric Stokes worries me a little bit because he didn't play that much at Georgia right, at the end exactly. of the day. Right, exactly. He, so, he, he has a freak athlete, which we know Brian Gunacuz likes. He's really good size. He ran, I think, like a 4-3, not like 9-40. I just worry that it's all numbers and, it's not, and there is an actual – play behind it. As we continue to go into the role deck, Sean Wade's a guy I like a lot in round three or round four from Ohio so State. So Sean Wade is an interesting one because he was like, he's that kind of the guy who was a top top pick. Didn't play well. Really had a bad year last year. Do you just take a chance that he's going to figure it out? You, you hope so. He played in a great defense, Ohio State. You've had a lot of time right. to look at him. He's somebody that popped up. He ran a four four eight. I mean, six one. He plays the part. Um, he's someone that hopefully, like, you know, we can get in the third and fourth yeah, round. Yeah, we just did. need more depth at this position. Right, absolutely. Because no, that's why we left Kevin King in the game is we had nowhere else to turn. Yeah. We, and that's why we signed Tremont Williams uh, on his golden balloon tour before the playoffs started because we had no depth so, at secondary. So let me – so if we drafted Asante Samuel Jr., would you Too be – small. He's okay. Up. He compared himself to Jair Alexander, which kind of gave me a hard on because I was like, all right, you're comparing yourself to Jair Alexander. I'm immediately going to take a look at you. You don't think like – you could put Jair and him in the slot, put Asante Samuel in the slot, but are you really going to be drafting a slot corner in the first round? I don't think so, right? No, I, I mean, I don't think so. Jair is not fully a slot corner. He just kind of he no, plays in the Charles Woodson role. No, I, I think Asante Samuel, I think, is too small for the Packers to pick, and I thought that with Jair, too, because right. we traditionally have yeah, we don't. certain it's measurements. No, though. Another guy I like, uh, Paulson Adebo from Stanford. He sat out last year. He's another rangy six one. Yeah, there you know. Go. Just I'm. I mean, honestly, if we picked four corners, I'd be fine. Wow. So you would be fine if they just went just corner safety crazy. Do you want to talk a little safeties too? Or yeah. You, what about Trevor Mooring? Is even a guy from TCU that has got a lot of smoke, a lot of hype. It's going to be there right around where the Packers are drafting. How do you feel about it? I mean, we we already have, I think, the best TCU safety from the draft in the last two years. <laughs> um, what's that guy's name again? Uh, 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 oh. Uh, Vin, it's Vince. No, it's a weird name. It's Green. Oh shit! I I had it. We'll think about it. He, he played last I'll, year. We'll circle back. Trevor Moeg. He he seems fine. He he had a playmaking feel. I don't think there's gonna. I mean, he'll be the only safety probably to go right uh, in the first round. If we're talking safety though, there's a couple guys that I had a chance to watch uh, in high school. Vernon Scott. Uh, uh, Vernon Scott, who is a good special teams player. If we don't draft Gervin Hall or Amari Carter, two guys that went to Miami and were like day one contributors as true freshmen from Palm Beach County at the U, these guys are just, I think, guys that will have five to ten year NFL careers. They may not be starters, but when it's day four, day five, take a guy like this. Both them, Gervin Hall and Amari Carter, are guys that are corner and safety options. So I know we re-signed Will Redmond. Please cut him before Terry yeah, Kansas. I hate Will Redmond. Will Redmond stinks. Yeah, Will so Redmond's bad. I, I don't want get that Will Rover Redmond. third safety a lot. Uh, and also another safety I really liked is Toluna Hufunga from USC. Look at that pronunciation. He's been working out with Troy Palomalo. You know, that perks my interest yeah, a lot. So, of course. Um, this is a position, as one that played this position many moons ago, that I really do value is the slot corner safety position because it's so important. If you, got, if you have people that are confident – then Rashawn Gary and Zadarius Smith don't have to worry about getting to the pass rusher so often so quickly. Are you are you in on any of the ideas of the two Syracuse kind of secondary? Andre Cisco, I forget the other guy's name. Um, oh, I, it, I'm losing it. That is there, but Cisco would be a guy who you could basically keep Savage up, 
move Cisco to the kind of that natural safety position, and then Savage is more of your role. That's a really interesting thought because like Darnell Savage is really good. We still aren't sure if it's his true position, right? Right. Yeah, that's very. I think Darnell Savage is a rover. I think Darnell Savage is your answer at rover, honestly. And I think you draft somebody that is more of that rangy guy. So whether it's Cisco mooring somebody else. I think that's what you do. That's what I would do if I was running the defense. Now, I'm not Joe Barry. Joe Barry could have a totally different idea, but that's what I would do because I think Savage is a playmaker, and I think he makes plays because he's if he's up closer to the line of scrimmage. So you, that would be one that Packer fans, I think, would flip out. If we drafted oh, yeah. a safety in the first round, yeah. because they, you know, Packer fans... We already with, have with their Savage and Amos. Yeah, well, why would what we need that? What the fuck are we doing? Why didn't we pick a receiver that can't catch, you know? Um so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't love that. I would rather us just take a defensive back and sure. you know, I would I would be fine as I've said here, one two taking defensive backs and just taking care of a problem like we did in ninety nine. Because look at the receivers in the in, in our own division. Allen Robinson, Jefferson, Thielen. I mean those guys are not they're they're gonna be continue to be around. Jefferson's gonna be a problem in our lives for about ten years. So we might as well try to find someone that can at least cover him a little bit. He's not a great matchup on Jair. So let's find someone that's ranging. Jace Horn would be amazing. He will just not be there. I think Jace Horn might be one of the first defensive players off the board. He could be. He could be. He ended, He could actually be what Sertain we thought was going to be a lock for Alabama. Or I'm locked from Dallas. He Horn might be that guy for Dallas. And the Cowboys are pick. I mean, unless they draft another receiver, which would be hilarious. But be the best. Yeah, I mean, th- their defense was so bad last year, and they let go of a lot of defensive backs they didn't like anymore. Um, so I think the Cowboys will be one of the first teams, and then we'll see a run. You know, it kind of depends. Um, you know what the rest of you know the teams in front of us really want to do. What the Saints want to do. You know, they have Marshawn Lattimore. It'll be interesting to seeing how those. You know, NFC teams that we think about a lot, the Niners, the Seahawks, if they look at corner as a need, you know, Shaquille Griffin left the Seahawks, so maybe the Seahawks and Pete Carroll really and John Schneider, who often draft a lot like us, maybe they look at corner as a need and they, and they bum like us a, out. Yeah, that they, they get a Tyson Campbell or they get a Newsome or someone like that. Um, you know who I like later, who I feel like has similar we talk about Sherwood and your linebackers, but could have that safety appeal is Christian Uphoff from Illinois State. He had a really good senior bowl. I think he's a guy who can kind of ball out, play physically later round though. Third third day, flyer, I'm okay with that. Robert Rochelle is another guy I liked a lot. Um, but again, Gervin Hall and Mari Carter, I've probably had them on this list since the 2021 NFL draft. Note was made in my iPhone. They're just two guys I've gotten seen to play, and I don't know why you would not take a risk on guys in day three from the U. Oh, no, yeah. It's, again, they, the they were They were four- and five-star recruits coming out of high school. Maybe, you know, people always don't get to their ceiling at the University of Miami. Yeah. There's a lot of athletes there. I would love to draft one of those two. It would be a great story. Um, it would be a great story for me, selfishly. For sure, absolutely. Um, in terms of guys you just don't want to see on an FC roster – I mean, I, I'd worry about Horn or Sertan Jr., um, and I do worry with the Minnesota Vikings if they do go after a corner. Um, Sertan would be a problem. Right. It would be a real issue. Um, and I do wonder if after basically they didn't – it didn't work out with Jeff Gladney. He was really bad last year. But they he, did sign Patrick Peterson, so maybe they think uh, But that- he's a corpse, man. I think Patrick Peterson's done. The numbers are bad. I'm not willing to say that because those guys – I know the numbers were bad, but the numbers were bad for Charles too when he came over from Oakland. Okay. Uh, he's a premier athlete. Sure, so like, absolutely. Uh, you know, like he literally is probably one of the best athletes at the second in the secondary 
in the NFL or was at one point. Um, I'm not willing to write him off. It'll be interesting. Ba- to see- Bears could also go to a corner because yeah, they did. Be- Kyle Fuller got rid of him. Yeah, Kyle Fuller they got rid of him. The Bears, I mean, if you guys continue to go back to this, the NFC North, uh, I, I, I'm not ready to print the T-shirt because I never bought one, but you could send them over to the stores if you wanted to. I, I think we're gonna have a. It's, that's not the goal, but no. th- there's a lot, and we like the Lions. They're years away. Yeah, we we the Lions drafted Akuda too, and they want Akuda to be a star. I and- hope he is because they. That might have been a huge reach. Oh, yeah. I mean, I said this, or I said it on a podcast back in fall where I was like, you guys should have drafted Justin Herbert. You should have drafted Tua. You, or at least made it seem like you were going to. If you knew you were going to get rid of Stafford yeah, a year down. later. Yeah, well, yeah. That's the crazy thing. And you could have traded Stafford last year. They were run by such imbeciles. Yeah. and like Shout out to the Ford family. It, uh, I love them. I mean, they've kept us... In good content, we don't have to worry about them. And every time you think you have to worry about the Lions, they go trip on their dick, and then you don't have to worry about them again. And that's what they do. Well, this is the old Bill Simmons kind of the most miserable fan base. It has to be the Lions because they're not like the Vikings and they've lost four Super Bowls. The Lions have never been to a Super Bowl. They've won they have, four they, playoff games. I, I think they've the last time they went to the championship game was the early nineties. Yeah, with Herman Barry, Moore, Barry Sanders, your Herman guy. Moore. Herman, I, I am a Herman Moore guy. Good callback. Yeah. So the Lions are just not a factor. Um, and, and so that that's that's where we are right now, I think, Chuck, with my draft board. Okay. We'll get closer to the big write-up as we get to the big day in Cleveland. Any thoughts on kickers, long snappers, punters? Uh, I mean, I will be upset if we draft a punter or a long snapper, <laughs> even though they are needs. Yeah. But we already wasted a pick on J.K. Scott, and he's yeah. stuck in his Bible right now. Happy <laughs> Easter to all those that will listen to this in the next couple weeks. <laughs> but, It'll be post-Easter. Yeah, post-Easter. But, um, yeah, we're not taking a specialty player. No, I, I, I will say, like, I mean, Mason Crosby is getting up there in years, and we drafted him. That's a great draft pick. If you draft a kicker that's on the team for 10, 15 years, that's an amazing draft pick. Right. Sebastian Janikowski would have been a good draft pick if yeah. he would have been on the Raiders forever because he kicked for like 20 years. Right. Seabass, shout out. What a legend. Any other final thoughts since we're, we're done now? Are we going to do an NBA draft manifesto? We don't need that. No, no one, no one needs The Bucks no don't one, have any picks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and no one needs your, your, your NBA takes. Yeah, when you guys have me on tapping the keg to promote the draft, I'll make sure... I'll save a couple bucks takes for you guys, um, and I'll roll them out there for all the fans. And we were taping this in early April, and Murph was like, I think the Brewers have a better shot at winning the championship than the Bucks." And I I was ready to punch my phone so hard yesterday. I also said that Drew Holiday is our most important playoff player, which I That's agree with, bad. too. That's not a bad take, though. That's a good take. So, All right. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed listening. Murph, thank you so much for doing this with us. We, we appreciate it. It's really good content. I'm glad that we can uh, do this for the people. Peace. Later. I did the end of the road at the start of that one, and I should have really went with like a Daft Punk, like one last time, one last time. Can't tell I'm taping late on a on a <laughs> Tuesday into Wednesday, so that usually means the things go off the rails mighty quick because the brain's not supposed to work right now. But you know who was working today was Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns, man. What a beast. There's a line from little one of the Little Wayne songs. I think it might be A. Millie. He's a beast. He's a dog. He's a motherfucking monster. I think that's how it goes. If I misquoted Little Wayne, I'm sorry. Please apologize to Wheezy. But Corbin Burns has been unbelievable, man. It's been incredible 
to watch Corbin Burns just dominate this month of April. Obvious pitcher of the month. I know there's a couple more games left to go. But Corbin Burns has been fantastic. Tonight was no different. He went six innings, four hits. He struck out 10. Just an absolutely great performance by Burns. And they... San Diego had really no answer for him. They had one real threat. Billy McKinney makes a great catch out in left field. We'll talk about Billy McKinney here in a second. But Corbin Burns has moved into must-watch category. I, I think you have to appreciate what Burns is doing. And we've talked, we talked a little bit about must-watch last week, right? And we talked about how there are certain guys that are like that. And we said, yeah, Josh Hader and Christian Yelich are kind of the guys. And this was two weeks ago. And now after two more burn starts, I don't know, or well, one more burn start, because we did that right after the Cubs game on Wednesday. I don't know how you can't say Burns is in that category. And I think Burns is almost in that must-see category. So I think there's a difference between must-see and must-watch. Like, I, I don't really consider Brandon Woodruff a must-watch guy. I think we talked about that a couple weeks ago. And I don't really th- think he's a must-see. I think Christian Yelich... If you know you're getting Christian Yelich on a heater, that's like, oh, you're you're making sure you're not getting up for a beer. You're making sure that you're going to take that piss break in half inning later because we're not assholes and we don't go in the middle of innings. Respect the game. And But Corbin Burns is at that point where I'm like thinking about it. I'm crazy busy with stuff in the next few weeks. And I'm like, do, do I need to go to the Brewer Marlins game and watch Burns? Like that's where I'm at right now. And like I think back to Bill Simmons, who had when he had a column when he used to write, he had a thing with Pedro Martinez in the 2000 season, where I think he said he went to like 17 of Pedro's starts. And it's like, do I need to just start being a groupie for Corbin Burns? Do I just need to start being the kid from Almost Famous and just travel around with Corbin Burns and watch every start? Because that's where it's it's kind of where it's it's geared towards, right? Like Corbin Burns is on another level and it is so fun to watch the changeup is ridiculous when he brings in the curveball every now and again the fastball is is working i mean you run out of things to say but this padres offense is not like the sisters of the poor he basically shut down everybody fernando tatis did not play today so you could make a if you want to be a hater you're like well Tatis didn't play, so it, you know that hurt them. But still, to shut down Hosmer for the most part, he had one hit. Will Myers struck out three times. Tommy Pham only had one hit, who's a pain in the Brewers' side. Trent Grisham, former Brewer, two strikeouts. Jerkson Profar, he had a hit. But like, so the Brewers were, or uh, Burns was really good in this game and really did not face any trouble. And the fact that he now has over 40 strikeouts and has not walked a single batter is incredible it deserves a ton of attention i don't know if burns is going to get the attention that he deserves because he's playing for the brewers i know the the baseball media does a little bit of a better job of that but obviously we're not talking baseball on first take we're not talking we're not going to talk about this on sports center but it deserves mention it deserves to be discussed and it deserves to be considered when you think about great players right now in baseball and I don't know if there are many better starting pitchers than Corbin Burns and I think right now if you had to ask me where where does it rank it's like the Grom and it's Burns maybe Shane Bieber too you could throw in there 
and those might be the top three guys in some order, they might have the belt. I don't know who else I would say right now has that pitching belt, but those I think right now are the three guys. And Corbin Burns is proving last year was not a fluke. And you could say all you want, oh, just played the Cubs twice, and that's why he's built up this profile. Well, he's now shut down four different offenses. The Twins, who are high-powered, I know they struggled today against the A's. Twins are a high-powered offense. The Cubs, at times, are high-powered offense. I know you got them at a, at a good time. Beat them twice. The Padres, who have a dynamic offense, oh, yeah, you shut them down, too. And the Cubs, maybe not the Cubs, but the Twins and the Padres are both potential playoff teams. And Corbin Burns is shoving. And it's not just against the NL Central like it was in 2020. So the narratives around kind of the start here, there shouldn't be any hate. There should just, all it should be is positivity. And Burns continues to dominate. And I'll leave you with this. It's from our guy, Kurt Hogg. Last 10 starts for Corbin Burns. 57 innings. 0.78 0.78 ERA, 92 walks or 92 strikeouts and eight walks. That's amazing. So good shit from Corbin. I'm excited to see him in person. I, I have to go at least once, maybe twice. Probably, I think if you have to like, if you really want to be like, I was there with Corbin's full Cy Young year, it has to be like a three or four times in the stadium to watch this guy pitch. All right, moving on to the last topic. As I mentioned, I'm going to be on vacation. Uh, we're going to have a show tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be the full draft manifesto. So if you've missed any of the draft manifestos, they will all be in one. You'll hear my voice for, I don't know, probably a minute, minute less. And then it'll be all the draft manifestos. So look forward to that. And I'm going to be on vacation. The Bucks play the Sixers twice. The Brewers play the Cubs. And you're asking yourself, Charlie, how do you survive this as a sports fan? It's a good question. I appreciate it. Look, if you're a diehard sports fan like your boy and you have podcasts, you have blogs, that's tertiary. You know, you can be a diehard without having those things. You don't even need to be yelling Snowtap WI game review into into your phone. And the thing is, is you know that there are going to be some months where you just don't really want to go on vacation and that it just does not work in the sports calendar. And I told my fiance. I said, look, I, I don't really want to go during the draft. We had a window in April. And I was like, I don't want to go in the draft, and I don't want to go during the Masters. Now, the draft, you're like, Charlie, wow, the draft, who cares, man? And look, I've missed the draft. I, I was in the Dominican Republic for the Kevin King draft, uh, the Patrick Mahomes draft. And I I was I was okay with that. But Look, it's, it's a lot of missed opportunity content-wise, whether it's the reviews, whether it's podcasts, whether it's blogs. It is a really grave day in terms of missing missing all that content. That sucks. Like that, that, that content's not going away. And even though I don't do this for any sort of monetary value, I still want to show someone someday that I can I can do this on a, on a regular basis. And with the Masters, I just... I love the Masters. I, it's part of my sports calendar. I, I love watching it. My fiance doesn't really like golf. And now it was a shit Masters, but you don't ever know that, right? So if, if, if I would have known that it was this kind of Masters, I would have been perfectly fine skipping out of town that week, weekend. And so, yeah, this weekend's not the, not my favorite one, but it's it's manageable. And if you're like me and you have these situations, I will say, here's what you do. You don't force it. 
you don't say to your significant other, hey, babe, we need to go watch Bucks Sixers tonight at a random bar at wherever city we are. We're going to Austin. But wherever city we're at, like that's that's not the move. Let it happen naturally. Games from 6 to 8.30, give or take. If you end up being at a place where it's on, be like, all right, hey, cool. Can we stay for the fourth quarter? Can we, you know, is that all right? Is that all right we stay for the second half? Like that's that's the kind of mode you got to be in. Don't really expect it. And then if you don't, yeah, you have your phone. And you'll be able to see the 10-minute uh, highlight on YouTube the next day. And maybe if you're lucky and you're a night owl, they, TNT might replay it at like 11 o'clock after the second the second game and after inside the NBA. So maybe you'll get to watch, you could watch a condensed version as you're falling asleep in your hotel room. Who knows, right? That's still on the table. And so that so I, I, that's my biggest advice is like, don't force it. Like never, you have options. And then like for the Brewers games, they're all in the day, which is actually kind of nice. Because like if you're at the pool on, on Saturday, right? Like why can't you just load up your, your phone and watch the game, listen to the game? You know, put it on, put on the radio if you have the MLB TV audio. I think that's like three bucks. Like, get that and be able to listen to the game, or even listen to the game without watching it. Like, have your YouTube TV up and just listen to Matt LaPay or Brian Anderson or whoever's calling the game, and just you know read a book and just enjoy kind of the sun and and all that. Like, all on the table. But you just got to find those opportunities. If you're moving and shaking, well, then it's off the table, and that's okay. And you'll watch them later so you can do a podcast on, on Monday. But as I've learned, it's not something you have to force unless there are certain situations where it leads to it, where you're in just a bad spot. Like we were in Sacramento when the Bucks were playing the Raptors because of a wedding. And I wanted to watch the game. Um, my fiance knew it. What was cool about that game was because it was we were on the West Coast. We could watch that game and then go to dinner and have a nice dinner with each other. So we're going to the small plate space. But before that, we went to what ended up being a Packer bar in Sacramento. Now that game, it was game five, was very frustrating. And I was not happy after the game. And Mitch and I were texting back and forth, just mad at the world. And my fiance was like wanting me to go into boyfriend mode. And we were dating at the time. We weren't engaged. And I, I was like, I wasn't ready. Like I needed like, I needed a beer. I needed to like sit down and just take a couple deep breaths. And she didn't really understand that. And we kind of got into a fight. And I was like, I just, I just need to calm down. Like I, I knew what I needed to do. I just want to be miserable for like 10 minutes. And once after I got out of that, I was fine. And then we had dinner and whatever. It was, you know, it was a normal last night. But the fact is, is like, yeah, that's that's tough. And then Mitch and I had to watch the game six in a at a wedding, being mad at Malika Andrews, being mad at every at the world. It sucked ass. It was terrible. Not the wedding. I love the wedding, but just the Bucks losing was a terrible feeling, a gutting feeling, if you will. And and then we again had to kind of just move on, right? So the the whole point of this is just to tell you if you are a sports fan, is number one, don't try too hard. Just let it happen naturally. There are always gonna be windows of opportunity. I would like to think that your significant other is not extremely clingy and he or she needs to be by your side the entire step of the way. And the other part of it 
is just just make sure you're not going in the time where you're really going to need to be dialed in. Like, if you're going to go and you know the NBA Finals is in July, right? By the way, it is in July. Don't go. Don't plan anything. Just be like, all right, I'm staying home, right? Like, it's my shit. Or during the NFL season, once the schedule comes out, start looking at dates. I know we have our honeymoon. We're going to go on during the football season. And I don't know how much I can control of that. And it'll just be what it'll be. And I guarantee you I'm going to miss a good Packer game. That's a lock can lock that in but maybe we won't leave until late sunday but it'll be it'll be a conversation right for sure it will be so we'll we'll just have to ride that out but that's where i bid you adieu i have many stories where vacation has not worked out for me i'll take for example the brewers 2018 playoffs we were in london to start that that was a mess but i was able i found a way I, the game started about nine o'clock I was able to listen to the games on the radio, on ESPN Radio International, and I, I just listened to the games. And that's that's that was how I got my, you know, kind of the vibe of it. And it was great. And I it, it worked. And that's all I asked. It was it was not easy, but I, I grinded my way. I couldn't watch it on TV. It was I was disappointed, but I figured it out. So if you need to figure it out, yeah, when there's a will, there's a way. Don't give up. But also don't force it. And again, that was another example. It was 9 o'clock at night. Everybody was winding down. I was with my parents. So it wasn't like we were going out hitting the town. Just, you know, able to watch the Brewers and run downstairs with my dad to tell them when things happened. They were they swept the Rockies. And that was the Dodger series. And I was home for the first game of the Dodger series. And I had severe jet lag as I was trying to watch that first game. But I, I did my best. All right, guys. I'll be back Monday. Um, hope you guys have a good rest of the week. You might get Mitch on Friday. I gave Mitch the the keys if he wants them. Uh, it's just a matter if he decides to take the car out for a spin. All right, take care. Have a good one. Bye.